Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 656. Science Faction, picking your nose and drinking your life away. You know... Picking your nose gets a really bad rap. Yeah. You know, it's like it's this bad habit. But you know, it's one of those things when you get older, you realize it's like demonized. Everybody does it because you have to do it. Yep. Because unless like unless you have a royal nose picker who goes, unless you just like partially obstructed nostrils yes. or a royal nose picker, uh, it's something you have to, it's not like, it's not like it's like, like, and that masturbation, picking your nose and masturbation were like mocked yes. for like tooth, like now, you gotta do it. Now I do them both <laughs> at the same time. I, that's how I save time. That's one of my life hacks. <laughs> that's why we call you cum nose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unrelated thing. Yeah. We got to teach you like some habits about picking your nose and then you complete and then stop. Yeah. You complete the masturbation. You have to stop the picking the nose. Yeah. That's, that's my problem when I do the whole stranger, you know, where you masturbate with your left hand instead of your right to feel like it's somebody else. When I pull that move off, it means that I'm doing the reverse stranger with my nose pick, <laughs> which actually is super dangerous uh, because everyone knows the only thing more dangerous than a stranger is the reverse stranger. Okay, uh, hold on one second, Alex. I got a theory here. All right, listen, Damien. This, Damien, I'm, I'm gonna come in here, Bobby. I think he's tricking you, Damien. Alex, uh, I'm being tricked. Please tell me more, Alex. No problem, Damien. Uh, well, thank you. I'm I'm, uh, I'm kind of like Clippy. I show up like, hey, do you need help? Uh, I'm uh, I've actually taken. I've actually been killed in my human form, and I've actually been reincarnated as a helpful paperclip on Damien's desktop. It's impressive that you guys can hear me. Hey, it seems like pops up in the middle, and it's like, hey, it seems like you're thinking of overthrowing the government. Would you like some tips? <laughs> would you Would you like a Molotov cocktail? Actually, I don't know. That's Alex. Uh, you You suggested olive oil and fire. I think you meant like really any combustible material. I'm terrible at this too. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm really bad at everything I do. Little paperclip comes up when you're looking at like army surplus MREs on at a government <laughs> auction website. It looks like it looks like you're gonna try and fleece the stupider people of the general population into buying survival kits. Would you like a hand with that? <laughs> uh, your wife has kicked you out clearly due to your insane media selection habits. Would you like us to, me to help you find a place to stay? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. The reason I brought this up, Damien, is just because uh, 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 have you considered the fact that Damien? What is more likely that Bobby, an educated man, uh, uh, picks his uh, 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 masturbates to completion and then forgets, forgets, Damien, to that's to not pick his nose to not put semen in, or is he one of the Illum Illuminati? And and when he's done bamboozling you, Damien, on I Call BS and the rest of the si these gullible science faction public, he goes and does does lines of, of uh, semen cocaine with the rest of the Illuminati and the lizard people, and that's why you just caught him with those, some of that cum nose on him, and he made up this stupid line. You're dumb enough, Damien. You're dumb enough to buy. I swear it's just cocaine. I swear. Uh, <laughs> you did. Wow, Alex, you opened my eyes. You did stumble upon a, a, a new word there, which was 
bamboozled, uh, which was a mistake, I'm sure, when you were talking about. But it made me think of... Uh, Alex Jones makes no mistakes. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of a new condition called... <laughs> he does everything intentionally on <laughs> purpose and insane. It makes me think of a new condition called uh, bamboozled balls, where your balls <laughs> are both like stimulated without the release, but also they're confused. Like, they, like, they're, they're... <laughs> <laughs> like I just saw Bugs Bunny. And an outfit, and I don't know, like, I, I'm kind of horny, but I'm, like, confused about you it. You got bamboozled balls. Maybe that's what it is, like, bamboozled. That's what happens when you're, like, when you're, like, a super homophobic, like, boomer going in for a prostate, and then they check you and you just nut immediately. Bamboozled. There you go. Uh, dear, thank you to our non-bamboozled audience for coming back for Science Faction. Uh, I am so excited to be back out of the field. Uh, those of you guys who are listening might know that uh, this is my big field season time of year. The spring usually is for archaeologists, but even more so for me because I have an annual project that comes back every year around the same time that I have to go back and do, and it's very, very intense. It's one of these, I'm working 14, Is that 15. when the artifacts migrate back into town? Yes. And then is that point yeah. that you as, a, as an artifact biologist... You go out. Yeah, sometimes they're mating, and I have to go track the new baby artifacts that come out. <laughs> and I gotta go ta- tag some fucking Teosinte fucking rocks or something. And, and, well, and so I'm out there. I'm, that's a 15 hour a day thing, and so this this kind of falls by the wayside. We we got a little bit of stuff out, but uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to be back in the saddle again. I still got a bunch of field work. It's just not. Not that intense. It's not nearly the same thing. So uh, I'm happy to be back and, and making episodes and doing our stuff. So sorry about that delay. And uh, we're back on that horse. Just as uh, uh, just as Johnny Cash destroyed the uh, Condor population with his carelessness, mm-hmm. and then it was brought back by uh, a San Diego institution, Science Faction is actually uh, bringing back the artifacts uh, that uh, Kid Rock has made endangered. So... Um, yeah, Bobby's Bobby's uh, bringing uh, artifacts back. He's bringing sexy back. I I am. I, I that is one of many things Justin Timberlake and I have uh, teamed up to do <laughs> is to to bring artifacts back to bring sexy back. Uh, we did yeah, actually. Bobby, it's me, Justin Timberlake. I love it because you make archaeology sexy. You make archaeologists fuck again, man. And like yeah. that hasn't happened since Indiana Jones. By the way, perfect Justin Timberlake impression, y'all. Peace out, y'all. Yeah, well, except you didn't uh, comment what Justin says almost every time we talk, which is about how much of an inspiration I am to him. Uh, Bobby, man, first off, I just want to say, like, you've been such an inspiration to me. Um, the, what you do to Damien and I call BS, like, is like, is like, I, people don't know that I'm, like, secretly a tyrant. You should see what I did to the other boys in NSYNC. And, like, to see what you did, you're a real inspiration. And, by the way, great dick, Mr. Timothy, great dick. Okay, now I believe it. All right, let's move right on <laughs> to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. We've had two celebrity guests drop by before the seven-minute mark, Bobby. Yeah. That's going to be whole, tough to hold up the rest of the episode. Do you think we can do it? It's going to be pretty difficult, especially because, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That, that was a believable Justin Timberlake, but he didn't exactly gush the way he normally does in, in, <laughs> when, when we talk to him about it. We talk to each other. He's usually, he goes on for quite a while before we get to, I kind of feel like, like a emperor in feudal Japan who has like a thousand <laughs> titles and he like brings, he's like, Oh, like slayer of the Shogun. And like all this, like he's, he keeps listing the titles. 
This is to be fair. Uh, uh, Bobby edits it out, but he does make me write like twenty honorifics yes. before each episode, yes. which makes if you keep cutting them out, it's because they become slightly passive aggressive throughout the like waster of Davian's time. <laughs> no, I'm still proud of that one. Guy who totally doesn't snort cum. Oh dear. On to article number one: picking your nose can hurt or cause Alzheimer's. <laughs> That's like, that's it. Listen, picking your nose. Is that what they threaten kids with? Instead of like picking your yeah. nose, instead of like it'll, it'll make you it'll make you socially ostracized as a as a kindergartner. No, it's no like, picking your nose like will make you if, grandpa when you're older. If we were going by like the nice the the like sweet 1980s lies we were told about almost everything, I believe it would be like your hand will get stuck up there. Like it would be something. There was a lot of like if you go cross if you do too much cross eyes, <laughs> your eyes are gonna get stuck like that. A lot of like a lot of that. So I I think it's I used to have a normal sized nose yeah that is yeah yeah then you had to hook it up to a tow cable in the back of a truck and try and pull (laughs) that thing out (laughs) so this is actually a really interesting article that came out that suggests that picking your nose may actually make you more susceptible to alzheimer's disease oh that's right i I do leave a lot of uh, amyloid beta plaques on my finger, yes. and then when I go to pick my nose, if you're not or I do washing, a line. yeah, if you're just reaching into a bucket of amyloid beta plaques and you're not washing your hands <laughs> afterwards, then you reach <laughs> up, and you pick your nose. It's, uh, that's I wash my hands all the time. I have been getting more forgetful, but yes, when I was younger and I would go to the movies and I would treat myself to a bucket of amyloid beta plaques. Yeah, I would not go to the bathroom in between handfuls. Now, before we get go any further, I do have to say that similar to what Damien was saying, I pick the shit out of my nose. Like, I do it probably way more than other people. And the reason being, I'm off in the fucking woods or the desert or something most of the time. I also get very... Where nobody can see you. Yeah, that's right. That's it's right. guilt-free. I, I, I also get very bad allergies. And if I get, like, dust or pollen or shit up my nose and I don't immediately kind of, like, get all of that out all that that mucus and stuff out then i will be sneezing for the rest of the day and it, it will be incredibly uncomfortable and like it to me when you are out doing field work it would be insane to like sit around all day and not pick your nose that's like some kind of ascetic monk type activity because once you get a bunch of dust and dirt and shit up there it's like irritated and you got to get that shit out it's, it's it's wildly unpleasant i i uh it's it, again, I you know, Bobby. If, if science faction does one thing, I would like to normalize nose picking. I'd like to remove the shame. We go to like maybe Bobby, Bobby you and I do like one of those elementary school uh, assemblies, mm-hmm. like a, <laughs> as like a, a jumbo kids. That's yeah. hello in Swahili. Okay, enough of the bullshit. All right, here's the deal, kids. <laughs> Picking your nose is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would do it the same way they did everything to try and teach us something in elementary school, which is we would, for some reason, involve jump ropes. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> I got. I don't know why this has anything to do with drugs or studying hard or whatever the fuck you're trying <laughs> to teach us. But for some reason, there's jump ropes involved. How do we... Uh, it's, it's like the most efficient thing to do to tire a kid out, I guess, is just like have him jump rope. Just have him jump... Ju- I, to this day, I can jump rope and pick my... And do the double dutch. Pick my nose and do the double jump at the same time. Yeah, but even then, like, yeah, they tried to get us jumping. They had, like, jump for heart and, like, jump away drugs and, like, jump... But, like, for the most part, it was guys who were good at jump roping coming to teach us about why we should stay off drugs so we could ex- succeed the way they had. <laughs> yeah. As jump ropers in front of school auditorium. <laughs> 
Williams, as if like they were the, the height of celebrity at that point. Uh, there was a lot of dudes wearing customized outfits who all did <laughs> jump roping together. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of led me, I was led to believe that there was a future, because I, I was good at jump roping. I yeah. thought that, that I could have gone pro, yeah. and to find out that this whole jump roping league was made up. That was the biggest surprise. If you were to have asked me, uh, circa the fourth grade, what percentage of the economy, uh, like what percentage of vocations out there <laughs> involve professional jump roping, it would easily be 20%. Conservatively, 20% of the workforce is involved in a jump roping capacity <laughs> based on my, my fifth grade mind. Uh, now that we're an adult, we know it's mainly just the engineering fields. Yeah. That's the only... <laughs> I, I like to warm up when I get to Tesla from, uh, <laughs> to, before I go into the lab with 20 minutes of rope. By the way, another <laughs> another caveat, this study was done only in mouse models. So this is not a human study. But uh, and also, I'm not sure like what variety of nose picking mice do. I feel like they have claws and their shit is more intense. But regardless, we'll, we'll just go with it. So here's a quote from the article. A team of researchers led by scientists from Griffin University in Australia ran tests with a bacteria called Chlamydia pneumonidae, which can infect humans and cause pneumonia. The bacteria have also been discovered in the majority of human brains affected by late onset dementia, end quote. So what they found is that this particular infection, in mice at least, could travel up the nerve. So it could go into the nose, travel up that olfactory nerve, where, as we've discussed with COVID a bunch, it could actually enter the brain. The olfactory nerve is a shortcut, basically, from the outside of the world into the brain without having to go through that blood-brain barrier. It's the uh, speakeasy entrance. It's like you got to be cool. Like if you're a bacteria and you and you know the right people, right? Or your dad was a skull and bones or something, yeah. you might be able. You to. can just sneak in through that secret passage. And they also found that the more damage to the tissues of the inside of the nose, the worse these nerve infections could be. So if you would normally not necessarily the at least in mouse models get a bad nerve infection from any given infection, you would or you were more likely to if you had damage to the inside of the nose. Now that damage could be caused by a lot of things, like could be caused by getting punched in the face or whatever, but also obviously picking your nose can do that. They also mentioned by the way, pulling nose hairs could do that, which is terrifying because if we have to stop pulling nose hairs we are gonna have a lot of older dudes who either have to grow mustaches that become indistinguishable from their nose hair or will just ruin every outing to the olive garden you will have from now on yeah as 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 somebody with a big ass nose i regularly have to uh, 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 somebody with a big ass nose who there's a prominent fixture on my face i regularly have to pull hairs out which, by the way, now that they're, now that you find out that, that like they must be this is a hair, it grows directly out of the nerve. That explains why nose hairs are so terrible to pull. They, it, nose hair pulling nose hairs is the most disproportionate. Next to like getting poked <laughs> in the eye or kicked in the balls, the most <gasps> disproportionately painful thing. I feel like like plucking nose hairs individually, like one by one, should have been one of those medieval tortures. It was like the Iron Maiden and that. <laughs> like I, you, you would just systemically like. I, oh, and I'm gonna sneeze for the next 20 minutes. Like you, I, I'll get the. I'll bring. I, I as a kung fu master will bring the biggest man to his knees. Just one nose hair. Bam. 
He's sneezing for 20 minutes. They also found that the worse these infections were, these nerve infections, the greater deposition of amyloid beta plaques in the brain. Now, again, this is all correlational to some extent. We're not quite sure sure of the cause of this. And this is all in mouse models. So take all of this with the grain of salt. This is certainly not definitive or proven, but a very, very interesting idea. And it's something that might be like, hey, at least, I don't know, maybe don't, it's not saying don't pick your nose, but like take it easy, I guess, or I don't know, like... To throw some Neosporin out there, I'm not 100% sure, but but I very can quit int- anytime I want. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have to. It's, 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 my, my face is ornamental. My nose is ornamental to my face. It is not only, it is, it's, it's, like a, it's like an auto bra. It's noticed, it goes in, for, it, it, you people see it from a mile away. Eh, I'm going to go more like a, like a jousting javelin held out in front of the car. There we go. I like that. That are like one of those like like a like a F one Formula One spoiler yeah. on the back of like I don't know uh, my Ford Fiesta. Well, I, mean, so. I this will be one that'll go over most people's heads. But uh, uh, a long time ago in the late 1960s, Dodge made uh, one of their first muscle cars, the Dodge Charger, and uh, it was an awesome. Not like the current four door one. It's like a two door muscle car, like a Dukes of Hazard. Basically, that that car. But then, in order to to make it race really fast, they came out with like the Dodge Charger Daytona Edition, which has like a pointy nose and a giant spoiler. A lot of people know it as like the Joe Dirt car. It has that ridiculous ah. spoiler on the back. Or uh, for those of you with kids, uh, King from the movie Cars uh, is also representative of that. And and even though those are both Dodge Chargers, the exact same vehicle, they're just a different amount of fiberglass on the front and the back, they look like wildly different vehicles. So you have like the Dodge Charger front spoiler nose ornament going on there. I have literally walked into a place uh, and people thought I was wearing one of those old Venetian plague doctor yes. masks. Oh, like that is that's oh, the life that I live. You're screwed if you ever decide if you ever need a <laughs> prescription for glasses and then also grow a mustache because no one will believe you are a real person. <laughs> okay, what's the disguise, man? Yeah. No, really, is this fat? Is this mustache not fashionable? You'll never is be my able myopia? To, to drink at a bar again because they'll just think you got kicked out and then put on Gracho Marx glasses. <laughs> You're the worst private detective ever. What? I just want to drink. Oh, dear. Very, very interesting. And, uh, man, uh, I hope we figure out a safe way to do that because I ain't going to stop picking. I don't care if I'm gonna, it's going to turn me into an Alzheimer's mess as an older person. I'm just, I can't live a life better, better to shine bright and, and burn out quickly than live an unpicked life. You know, in a lot of other species, there are these uh, uh, symbiotic relationships, you know, where a, a bird will pick out ticks yeah, yeah, or something yeah. off yeah. an elephant or something. I'm just saying we, we have we have nature by the balls. We, we, we are masters of science. Why can't I train a helper monkey or uh, create a new biological organism? Why can't I'm going, I'm, what about like a little vacuum attachment that would do the job? Like that you could you could do that. Always it would try suck. to solve things with science. Yeah, instead of you doing things holistically with nature, like a helper monkey, Bobby, or a leech. <laughs> At least now we're talking. <laughs> I believe that would make the the damage to the interior of your nose wall much worse. My nosebleeds have gotten so much worse. That's the type of quackery I'm talking about, though, Bobby. You're going to be an Alex Jones guest yet. Yeah, my By the nose, way, I'm doing his podcast later. My nosebleeds have gotten so much worse, but my case of bad humors is nearly solved. <laughs> Explain that, scientist, Bobby. Uh, article number two, 
booze can hurt. What, like if you're a nerd? Like, like you mean like, 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 uh, like that time I, I finished an entire 24 pack, like a hero. And then I fell down the, uh, the, the three flights of stairs and now I'm permanently in a wheelchair because I am a party legend, bro. Or every once in a while you see a video of somebody doing like one of them flaming 151 shots, but they like spill it on their face and end up getting third degree burns. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Uh, one time I did a, one of those two-story beer bongs and it hit so hard that bam, blew out my jejunum. Just went straight down like it was like swallowing of it was like swallowing one of those uh, uh, weights like a like one of those dumbbell weights those triangle weights from a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It just went straight through my organs, man. Tons of damage. Exactly. And now I drink through a tube. Hell yeah, bro. Which ironically, I mean, if you think about it, it's how this all got started. <laughs> ah, alcohol rules. So this is an interesting paper about the impact of long-term alcohol use on pain perception. Now, here's a like just one of these things I get to throw out. I actually, this isn't about the discovery itself, but but I actually, this is just about something that I guess was kind of known, and this is more of, of why this happens. But I would have thought this would have been the opposite, right? It turns out that AUD, alcohol use disorder, can cause an increased sensitivity to pain throughout your life. And I would have totally thought it was the opposite because like i would have figured like years of passing out in like garden boxes and bathtubs would have like just like numbed the pain i would have thought there would be much less pain overall maybe you're they're sending more pain just because you need so much more to feel but there's mm. no way that the guy who goes to bed early works out yeah. has more pain than the guy who like sleeps with his dick is covered in sores that he doesn't remember getting yeah. his neck is bent to the side he's sleeping in a tub he's he's hung over every day he's in a constant yes. state of just swollen organ there's listen uh, that that man might have more pain but that's just because his brain he needs more to feel alive because his brain is so dulled like i take this as somebody i've had like severe back issues as since i was a young kid i, I like legit scoliosis from a bad a, a few actually bad car accidents and it's only gotten worse throughout my life i have back pain you've become actually a worse driver since yeah, you were a kid that's right I, it's always leading to the left because of the scoliosis but like <laughs> because i have had back pain every single day of my life because almost every activity is painful to some extent for me i also feel like I kind of, sh I, it, it tones down the pain of everyday life because it's just not as big a deal. If you're, if your back always hurts, then when little things happen, like when you have like a, some other problem, it just, it doesn't feel as bad because you're just used to being in pain all the time. At least that's how I've always kind of thought of it. And, and I would have thought that applied with alcohol, maybe even more so for the exact reasons that you listed, being hung over all the time, uh, constantly finding yourself in positions that it's not just like, oh man, I'm hung over, but like I slept wrong on my neck or I slept wrong on my back or frankly, I fucking tripped and like split my head open. Here's a huge one that nobody even counters, but this one alone, the pain is huge. Gastrointestinal discomfort from constant drinking. Just okay. like like you go in and sure. it's one of those shits where like like just it's just leaking out of you, and that's your life. That's every shit of your life. And I sure. say this as an alcoholic, we're just like where your wife just says, "Oh, Damien's pooping again," <laughs> and then and then her parents are trying to finish their Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I just wish you would have gone to the bathroom first. Uh, so. <laughs> I wasn't excused from the table. 
So this research apparently found out that it can happen by two separate mechanisms. One is based on withdrawal and the other due to the alcohol itself. So I'm going to read you a a quote from the article. Among the many impacts of long-term alcohol consumption is pain. More than half of people with AUD experience persistent pain of some type. This includes neuropathy, which is a nerve damage that causes chronic pain and other symptoms. Studies have also found that AUD is associated with changes in how the brain processes pain signals, as well as changes to how the immune system activation occurs. In turn, this pain can lead to increased alcohol consumption, which makes sense. Moreover, during withdrawal, people with AUD can experience allodynia, in which a harmless stimulus is perceived as painful. So this is interesting to me for a few reasons. One is... Yes, obviously we're all familiar with a hangover being painful or where non-painful stimulus, i.e. normal sounds, normal talking, normal lights are perceived as painful or intense. Yeah, I've I've lived, I've walked both sides of the fence on this one. Mm-hmm. Granted, I'm not like the I'm not 60 year old dying of cirrhosis, so I don't know if like there's a turn there where yeah. just like somebody puts their hand on your shoulder and you fucking grimace in pain, like yeah. a, like a Vulcan nerve death pinch uh, nerve pinch is happening to you. You know what's funny is I, I I feel like a lot of the hangover stuff is somewhat culture driven in ways we don't think of. Like I know that when I was friends with a bunch of Irish, they would describe their hangover. They would call it the fear. And the reason was that it was perceived as like somebody being much jumpier and more fearful rather than in pain. And it always makes me wonder how much of those experiences are mitigated by like our cultural anticipation of them. I mean, like if, if, if we you, we should have a culture that celebrates our hangovers. I see what you say. Yeah. A more alcoholic society where where like where your 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 great partying achievements from the night before mm-hmm. are honored. You're it's almost like shake a shake an alcoholic's hand. Thank you for your service, sir. And then uh, you know, there's the 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 duff blimp flies over the does a and follows the blue angels over a, the Super Bowl or something. Now I will say this. I got my first hangover incredibly late in life for somebody. I mean, we were drinking when we were, you know, 15 or 16, you know, drinking oftentimes to excess to be drunk and wasted and stuff like that as young people stupidly do. And I went, wait, there's another way to do it. I was in college. (laughs) I was in a fraternity, did all that stuff. I got my first hangover on my 24th birthday. (laughs) I, was I was there, right? I was in Vegas? No, no, no. No, no. Uh, no I, was I was at home. Okay. And I got, yeah, I got my first hangover, my 24th birthday, and it was a nightmare. And I had never gotten hangovers where I could get drunk all I wanted. I got alcohol poisoning one time. I still didn't have a hangover afterwards. Like, I just, there was just something my body could handle that. And then one day it decided to quit, ironically, on my 24th birthday. And I woke up on my birthday with a hangover for the first time ever. And I was like, is this what happens to everybody all the time? This is horrible. Why are you people drinking? Drinking, and I haven't really been much of a drinker since then. So that's the thing, Bobby. You you let stepping on a stingray one time yeah. stop you from surfing. Stop me from kicking stingrays. <laughs> you could. Bobby was one of the great stingray soccer greats. I'm gonna put that out there. Yeah, yeah. So I I personally get like put off by the 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 hangover itself. But I wonder if maybe if it got came to be earlier, if I got it the first time when I was sixteen, I would just be like, all right, well, I guess this is how it works. I'll just keep going. But because it, I didn't face the consequences till later in life. I was like, oh fuck this noise. I'm out of here. You see, Bobby, you're a boxer. If the very first time you got punched in the face and your bell rung, you're like, yeah. well, this is unpleasant. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, maybe. I just anticipated it would be unpleasant. In fact, for most people will say the first time they, they actually participate in something like boxing, they 
they were like, oh, I was always so scared of getting punched in the face and it's not it's not actually that bad. So like I was anticipating it being bad and it wasn't. I think that would have been different if I if I was just like like if I had joined tennis and I got punched in the face real hard. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't, that's Wimbledon rules, bitch. <laughs> Stop playing with McEnroe. That's the Queen's rules, mate. Uh, Call that a Welsh handshake. Uh, oh, dear. Anyway, super, super interesting to me that they are finding like these actual bases for alcohol causing increased amount of pain and pain sensitivity. Here's another quote from the article. Roberto and her colleagues were interested in learning the underlying causes of these different types of alcohol-related pain. In the new study, they compared three groups of adult mice, animals that were dependent on alcohol, animals that had limited access to alcohol and were not considered dependent, and those that had never been given alcohol. In dependent mice, allodynia developed during alcohol withdrawal and subsequent alcohol access significantly decreased pain sensitivity. So basically what they're saying is in the ones that were addicts, they got really bad alcohol pain and drinking more very, very significantly decreased that that extra sensitivity. But about half the mice that were not dependent on alcohol also showed signs of increased pain sensitivity during alcohol withdrawals. But unlike dependent mice, this neuropathy was not reversed by re-exposure to alcohol. So whether or not you get a lot of relief of your hangover from that seems to be dependent on whether or not, uh, from more alcohol seems to be dependent on whether or not you are uh, using too much. Very, very interesting, but like also... Super interesting just to know this concept that, you know, using a that that heavy drinkers will actually experience more pain, especially from non-drinking things, than than otherwise. And very interesting to think of that type of yeah, increased they will, pain. Bobby, because they're people in pain, and that's why they drink. Yeah. They, they're, 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 because they're not solving the underlying issue causing the drinking. So, of course, they have this just this unchecked pain in their life. They're going to feel that, Bobby. Um, speaking of which, by the way, this brings up a point that we, we're not going to cover. It was it was an article that was released during our, our little break where I was in the field, uh, but it was super super interesting, and it was a review of a bunch of these uh, a bunch of the data that comes out about drinking and its effects on lifespan and longevity. And for a long time, we saw uh, this kind of U graph, meaning those people who drank a whole lot would very predictably have shorter lifespans, right? And that wasn't a big deal. We would we would expect that to be true. And then the less they drank, the less they drank, the less they drank, the longer their lifespan was. But then when you got down to the very, very end, when you got to people who didn't drink at all, that lifespan went way down again. And for a long time, that has been the argument. Oh, we should have a glass of wine. A little bit of alcohol is good for you. Moderate drinking is good for you. That's been an argument for a long time that look, look at this evidence. The non-drinkers, they have like a way higher death than moderate drinkers. That must mean that the alcohol is improving, is helping you in some way. And it turns out it's not. Damien, can you guess what this is? It's a real effect, but can you guess what was happening there? Yes, uh, the people who didn't drink were the people who just by chance were the. Uh, they, there's a significant overlap with people who were unpopular and never invited to Christmas parties. Right, and so the, the suicide and mm -hmm. uh, depression claimed most of those people. Oh, that's a good theory. Uh, no, lameness. Being a nerd claimed most of them, bro. No, but. You are kind of on to something there, which is 
people who don't drink are different than moderate drinkers for other reasons, people who absolutely abstain, which is that the vast majority of them are either ex-alcoholics who have done significant damage to their body. So when you catch them in the survey, are you a drinker? No, I never drink. I won't drink a drop. I haven't drank for 15 years. But if you've destroyed your liver long ago, then you're still going to die earlier, even though you stopped drinking. So a significant portion are people who used to have alcohol problems or Mormons. <laughs> people who have otherwise have underlying health issues that prevent them from drinking and that would also make them more likely uh, to die early. And so when you do that, it actually takes away when you do when you do those corrections, it takes away the the total benefit we saw in terms of drinking alcohol and it and it reinforced a lot of the information we're getting from a lot of health agencies saying there really is no safe amount of alcohol to drink. There's no amount that does you any good benefit and there's certainly none that doesn't harm you. It's just a matter of how much harm you're willing to accept. Maybe there's maybe there's a good argument for science and a good article like how much how long some bullshit quasi science article can stick around sure. and, and truly poison health like something like a glass of wine a day is okay yeah. or cho- chocolate makes you healthier like some Absolutely. bullshit like that yeah no there's a, there there is a ton of those and some of those are legitimate science that is misinterpreted some of those are just statistical anomalies like the one we're talking about some of those are obviously fraud or bs if we're talking about you know wakefield in the lancet uh or or as we talked about that one alzheimer's paper that was very seminal that turned out to be fraud you know we have a lot of different versions of that and they all kind of eventually fall into pseudoscience even though they come there from different ways some come there from fraud some come there as legitimate science that's being misinterpreted or misgaged or whatever so very very I always thought it's like a like like a, a, a like one of those like scientists for the sugar company or the alcohol or for Anheuser Busch. Sure, puts there, this there out. There absolutely could be that, but also if you look at the data, it's not a lie to say that the way this graph shows, you know, not those who abstain from drinking completely are more likely to die than those who don't. Right? It's uh, except when you realize life saving beer in my hand right now. <laughs> Oh my God, Bobby, I haven't drank for like three months. What if, what if I'm killing myself? <laughs> this episode's been a real eye opener, Bobby. Uh, thank you, audience, <laughs> for coming back for Science Faction 656, where you learned all about how picking your nose can hurt or cause Alzheimer's disease and how booze really can just hurt you. Thank you so much for joining us and come on back next week for Science Faction. 657. The first thing the government's going to do to try to control you is tell you not to pick your nose. Because that's where the Wi-Fi signals get in. They get up through that nasal nerve up in there. So what I like to do is I'm actually a, a nose fister. I'll shove my whole hand in there to clear them Wi-Fi signals out there. Ah! Damn it! I feel some type of brain-like thing up here. Oh, damn it, I, lo- I forgot another one of my kids' names. You've been listening to Science Function. Wait, that's not right. Mm-hmm.